Worried that you don't fit the traditional mold for a medical student? You can learn how to take advantage of that distinction at AMSA's Pre-Med Fest in Florida on January 30th. Early bird registration closes soon. For more information, visit amsapremedfest.org. Even if you are not a non-traditional student, there's a lot you can take away from their stories. Lessons on how to turn adversity into strength or even inspiration. Welcome to AMSA AdLib. I'm your host, Christine Camizio, and in this week's episode, AdLib's Pete Thompson speaks with three non-traditional pre-health students about turning their non-traditional status into an advantage in the application process. Hi, my name is Rixandre Voshku, and I am the current vice president of HCC AMSA's pre-health chapter, and I am studying pharmacy at USF. Hello, my name is Jared Forster. I am the secretary of HCC AMSA pre-health chapter and I am studying pharmacy at USF. Hey everyone, my name is Hannah Lips and I'm the proud president of Hillsborough Community College AMSA pre-health chapter. And I am a soft junior at Hillsborough Community College and will be graduating this spring. We were talking earlier and you all mentioned having non-traditional backgrounds in terms of students who are going into medicine. Can you tell me a little bit, little bit more about your individual backgrounds and sort of what makes them non-traditional? I am 23 years old, I am happily married, have been for four years, and I also have a two-year-old daughter. So as you can see, my traditional path is not so traditional. When I had started into college, I didn't go straight to a four-year college. I went straight into an EMT program, which I thoroughly enjoyed, and that gave me a hunger for medicine. However, um, back in high school, I was also a theatrical arts major, very active in performing, singing, dancing, what have you. And from there, I was also torn going back into your traditional classes, whether or not I wanted to stay and go on to paramedic school and then follow into a PA program, or if I wanted to take my theatrical background and then go into, you know, business marketing. I, I love that end. And as I was going through my business classes, I found that they were enriching, but they were not fulfilling for me as a person. And from there, my husband and I had gotten married and I became pregnant with my daughter. And I felt that it was important for me to stay home with her for the first year of her life, to not only cut down costs of daycare, but to be home with her and develop that bond. And within that time, I was very blessed to have the opportunity to really reflect on who I am as a person, what really you know, what I really want to do in this world to contribute. And I felt myself continuing going back to medicine and how I want to make a change, big or small. And that is where I decided um, that I wanted to go back to school to become a doctor. And specifically um, at this track right now, I am wanting to become a psychiatrist and work in mental health and helping um, veterans with their PTSD and, and overcoming that. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you, Alexandra. <laughs> um, I also am a, considered a non-traditionalist in many ways, um, but one of them being that I was initially a business major as well, and I too found um, classes quite mundane for my imagination and skill level, I think, for um, just wanting to go into liberal arts more so, and I did pursue that as well. I went into mass communications for a while. Um, but my free-spirited nature kind of uh, made me leeway into writing, so I was a freelance writer for a while. But since I saw that uh, it wasn't economically feasible, I uh, opened my own candle business, and um, 
still continue to write. However, I think due to the economical um, issues that we are all aware of over the past few years, well, for the past decade or so, I decided that um, I wanted something more stable. And as I was researching actually for a novel that I was working on, um, I realized that our uh, science, or especially uh, biological science, is really uh, advancing and very innovative at the current time. So I went into, I researched into pharmacogenomics and really found my passion there. So that is what really made me decide to pursue um, pharmacy or pharmacology. And this is where I'm at today. Hannah, can you tell me about your timeline? What is your timeline for, for sort of your, you know, getting into medical school and sort of what your career track is going to be? My timeline would be for me to hopefully graduate from the University of Florida with my psychology degree in cognitive neuroscience in 2018, the spring of 2018, and then from there pursue a master's program at Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine in Bradenton, Tampa. And from there, uh, if all goes well and I am a best match for them, LECOM specifically, I will get into their uh, medical school program that following fall. Um, and then from there, my age, a lot of people get so worried about this. I, I hear is, you know, I don't want to be old when I'm graduating as a doctor. Well, that's kind of you know, you have to expect that. You're, you know, you're going through all this schooling. Um, my typical age would be 30, 31. I'm very okay with that. Um, and my graduating class year would be 22, 23, 2022, 2023. Um, and then in going into my medical career, uh, my hope would be to be able to work with the VA and get a fellowship with them learning more or less, you know, how those psych, those su successful psychiatrists are doing their job and be able just to, you know, make more efforts upon their research and then hopefully develop something of my own in the future. We shall see. Jerry, tell me about your, your pathway. What, what, what makes your experience non-traditional? Well, what makes me a non-traditional student is I do have a pretty deep professional history. I've managed restaurants for many years. Um, I work for the post office as a mail carrier. I owned my own business, which was successful. And, um, but nothing was satisfying. I wasn't happy in any of the positions I held. And I decided to go and back to when I was younger, what did I really want to do? I wanted to be in the medical field. I wanted to be a doctor and pharmacist, something like that. So I chose pharmacy. and. Here I am. What brought you around to pharmacy specifically? Well, it, it, it being part of the medical field, and I do have a few of my family members that cannot live without medication, and um, I see the importance of it and how it affects people. And is there a way, or do you know how you might leverage your non-traditional experience in your application process? Absolutely. I think that it is vital that I have had the experience of being a, an emergency medical technician. Uh, I was able to do many different rotations along with paramedics and following around doctors. 
Uh, I've been put in situations where I've had to think on my feet, and I think that being able to have that experience, be able to show that I can handle stressful situations as such, is going to be vital to showing that I can handle medical school, that I'm tough enough. Um, also, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I'm really grateful for my theatrical background, the, the arts. And the reason why I say that is because as a leader, especially going, you know, being a physician or whatever, you know, pre-health profession, um, you need to be able to know how to carry yourself, how to talk, and how to be, be open and not, not afraid of what necessarily is going to come out of your mouth. Obviously, you know, use respect, but being in, in the, the, you know, the theatrical arts, I'm not afraid to make a connection with you know, potential patients. I'm not afraid to talk with them and be able to, to get on a, on a level to where we can establish a trust. And I believe that taking that back to the admissions process, I'll be able to show my admissions counsel that I'm also capable, ready, and willing to be able to change medicine in that way instead of it, you know, being a, just a, a quick doctor in and out appointment, being it more of a, a symbiotic relationship where my patients trust me and I trust my patients, really. Um, I think that the non-traditionalist um, background really helps in admissions process because they're not looking for um, clones, per se. They want someone who stands out, who's very true to their, themselves and to other people. Um, I think the role of doctors and of other health professions has changed as everything evolves in, over time. Uh, especially with the new technology and informatics coming out and everything just leading towards a more holistic view of things. Um, as we were, even today, uh, we've seen in the conference talking about genomics leading to better healthcare, more personalized healthcare. And I think that's how it is with everything in healthcare. And a lot of people, when they're looking for someone to fill that role in their school, they want to see someone who's dedicated and who knows who's knowledgeable. And as well, too, Roxandra, more or less who's got life experience, you know, who's been in those tough situations where you've had to make tough, you know, tough calls and how you can handle balancing your personal life. I mean, I get a lot of people asking me, how do you study and have a two-year-old and do this and that? And I was like, well, time management. And it's hard. It's very hard. Exactly. But you can do it. Definitely. Yes. And uh, my biggest tip since I, I mean, I went through the admissions process and everyone has to go through that. It's very frightening. But just uh, stay true to yourself and keep in mind that these people are there to really listen to you from a personal level. They don't want to hear that cookie cutter explanation of why you want to be in their school and their program. They want to see you as you are raw and to hear what you've been through in life, the um, non-traditionalist things. They want to hear every detail of that. And that is what sticks with them. And they write, they take notice of that. They will make sure that you are one of those people that sticks with them through the day, and, and they reflect back on your expertise, which is amazing, I think, to think, wow, I had an impact on this person that's interviewing me. So I think that's the type of leadership that schools are looking for now. So another point that Andra and Jared and Bank and I, we've, we've talked about this many, many times. When you're going on to your application process, from some of the list of questions that we've seen online, um, you know, it's like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to become a doctor, a nurse, a physical therapist, what have you? Well, please, you know, when you're thinking about this, give, give a different answer than, I want to help people. Well, yeah, 
course you want to help people. I mean, that I would hope that's why you're going into this. I mean, I, I know a lot of people don't want to say this, but a lot, you know, a lot of the time it is because of the money. You know, a, a lot of these careers provide a very, you know, you know, cushy income. However, another thing too, please think about that. You're getting ready to spend many, many years in school and going to hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Please make sure this is really what you want to do. You know, I, I don't know, Andre. I, exactly, I know that we've heard ma'am. people, you know, say things just like, you know, I, I wanted, I we thought this was going to be great, and then they're regretting it, and now they're three hundred thousand dollars in debt and don't have the job to pay it, it off. It's a huge investment. You know, so, and that's another thing too is like, you know, really when you're thinking of going through those interview questions, because you can see them online. I mean, they're not going to be the exact same thing that you're going to get in your interview, but they'll be something close. Really think about these questions, and this will actually, you know, tell you too whether or not you truly want to do this, because you're going to start thinking oh wow you know why do I want to do this you know it's that type of deal and that's just kind of my rant so and definitely from the investment perspective it's an investment of your time it's an investment of your life your money I mean it's all it's it's you you're putting yourself into this holy and you have to really think about if this is what you want to do the road you choose because ultimately you are in charge of what you become. Absolutely. So I definitely agree with every every point you made. People need to give that a very thorough thought before you get into the interview because they can see how, like I said, how genuine you are. So just uh, make sure <laughs> to prepare very, very, I mean, I would prepare um, for more than overnight, definitely, because I've seen a lot of people go, you know, I haven't been in there, but I've heard that they are in there completely unprepared. It might be nerves, uh, but a lot of times you can tell it just, they, they think they have it in the bag and they, they don't because they're not being genuine enough, so. I think um, being non-traditional does help. I think a lot of schools are looking for somebody who does have experience. I would say I have experience and I think I can say I have wisdom, I hope, <laughs> but, but it helps. What what aspect do you think helped you the most when it came to the interview process, like when they asked you for your past experience? What do you think was the leverage that really pulled you to the side, to the acceptance pile? Leadership. <laughs> a lot of the medical school programs and pharmacy school programs are looking for leaders. And um, I do have leadership experience, and I think that really, really helped. Another thing they're saying earlier with interviews is you have to be yourself. If you can't be yourself, if you have to be fake, then you might want to question if you're doing this for the right reason. Do you think people do that? Do you think they, they feel pressure to offer some other version of themselves yes. for some reason? I mean, with confidence? I think, I think some people want to project what they think the interviewer wants to see or wants to hear instead of giving them their life or their story. You know, one thing that's interesting about having you all here is, uh, you know, you're, you're going into different fields. You're not all going into medicine and sort of that physician-specific aspect. and yet you all, you all are all working together in your chapter. Um, is that, you know, do, do you think that's setting you up? How is that setting you up for interdisciplinary work? I mean, you know, down the road, you know, a lot of times the different groups have kind of some conflicts and things like that, some scope of practice. I know probably less so necessarily pharmacy and medicine, things like that, but within some of these areas. Is that no. already starting to appear or are we going to? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's great mm -hmm. that we're working together for, at a very early stage in um, pre-health. Um, I've noticed from touring a lot of the campuses and universities 
uh, medical schools, pharmacy schools, nursing schools, they are all trying to get people to work together. They're having programs set up and mock setups to where they work together in college and so they get used to this um, before they enter the profession. Um, I, For one uh, example, USF has the uh, Camel Center set up in downtown Tampa and it is a simulation um, hospital clinic setting. It's a, a way for students to learn to cooperate. And um, as Jared was saying, I think that we have already established a very, very good friendship and uh, relationship among the interdisciplinary um, students, AMSA members. I see a lot of cooperation even when it comes to studying for exams because we all have uh, very similar classes, uh, if not the same classes, and we help each other. And I think it's just a building block towards a great um, professional setting. An environment so I think it works great for all of us to be from different disciplines did you have anything to add? yes we're learning from each other but there's this great respect that I have for Roxandra for Jared and for all the other all two of our other eboard members bank and Karima each and every one of them are brilliant and as a future physician, especially psychiatrist, I, I hope to be able to rely heavily on their opinion, especially when it comes to prescribing psychotropic drugs. And I think that that is very important to be able to have a respectable relationship with not only just my pharmacist, but with my nurses as well. Without, you know, from what I have seen, just doing, you know, volunteering in the hospitals, Without our nurses, without, you know, diff different support staff, you know, all the different health professionals out there, we couldn't save lives like we're doing today. It is a team effort. And I love seeing that our medicine is going back to that, going back to that we are a family, we are a team, and we need to work together so to help mankind and to, and to make a change. And I'm, I'm just thrilled about it. And I, I'm excited to, as we, you know, go further into our schooling process, to be able to learn from these different health professionals you, you just you just never know what you're going to find out and, and a different perspective as well that's that's very true it's all about equality and I think that our chapter really tries to push that we tried to make sure that there is a lot of respect for every profession every pre-health profession should have the adequate respect that it takes to become a professional and I think a lot of times a lot of schools tend to dismiss that and um I think that being in a pre-health chapter altogether helps people establish that from the very onset of their careers. You know, through the challenges of, of an application process, you really need a support system. Do you have one in place? What are you using? Like, what is your support? <laughs> Absolutely. You definitely need a strong support system. I, I'm very blessed because I have a few. First and foremost, I have the support of my lo my loving husband and my parents. Without them, I don't know what I would do. Um, they tell me every day how proud of how proud of me that they are, support me in everything that I do. And through the thick and thin, my husband has been there cheering me on. A second support system is our faculty advisor, Professor Beth McCullough. I almost want to cry right now because without her, our chapter would be nothing. She encourages us to be everything that we dream and want to be. She puts her life and her soul into our club. She makes I'll help us you out here. You're right. You're starting to tear up a little bit. <laughs> yes, Professor McCullough is definitely an angel. She's a godsend. She puts her. She puts the priorities of her students foremost, and I think that's an incredible. Um, I just I haven't met a person of her magnitude that's willing to 
basically do this for free, first of all. She's not being paid for it. And I think that for that in itself needs some kind of initiative from Absolutely. our part. I, I wish there was more of a support system for her since she's our support system. But um, I just thank her so much for being there for us, for helping us uh, organize things and just for taking on so many tasks and for making our chapter what it is today. The fact that we are going to host Pre-Med Fest is it's an awesome it's, it's, <laughs> an awesome opportunity and quite honestly i think it's just because of who she is of her determination and her passion to want to help her students be the best that they can be what have you all been up to as a, as a chapter oh that's a great question pete i'm very excited to announce our i3 campaign I3 stands for Inform, Inspire, and Ignite. It is something that my eboard and I over this past summer spent many months just going over how we wanted to take our AMSA chapter to the next level. We wanted to, it, it, this is almost in a sense like our love letter to AMSA when, as we move on. And uh, I, I can tell you that it's gonna be great. And I'd like to go into what uh, I3 stands for a little bit more so inform inspire and ignite inform stands for informing our students about health professional schools careers and how to be a competitive applicant um, we want to inspire them to you know keep up their academic excellence and personal health as well as ignite them to advocate about health care issues that they're passionate about and continue to develop themselves as a pre-health professional one thing that really spoke to us as we were developing this campaign is, is the need to make sure that our students are really taking care of themselves. With every campaign, every monthly um, initiative, what we do is we offer information as to how or why we chose it and we give them uh, just health information as like Hannah was saying about water, what it does for your body. So it's a kind of an educational platform approach. That's why we have the Inform and the I3 campaign. So um, as, as we ignite them to drink more water, we also inform them as to why they should be drinking. So in the month, month of October, our health initiative was exercise and meat. And one of the things that we did was we offered the opportunity for AMSA members to come to uh, give the presentation about something that ignites them uh, about exercise. And one of our members decided to give a presentation about iPhone apps or actually just phone apps, smartphone apps that would help our student member body exercise more because we all know how busy we can be as medical students. We have a very, very packed schedule. We don't really have time to fit that 20 minutes of exercise in every day. So the phone apps worked great and we actually have it, uh, we emailed it out to everyone so they can download all the apps and she, she just had a great presentation. I was so proud of the fact that we as an e-board came up with something that would help our members um, see exercise as being a necessity as much as studying is. Because like Hannah was saying, we need to have a healthy, um, we need to have healthy future doctors so that they can practice what they preach, basically. They need to make sure that their patients are healthy as they are as well. They can't neglect their own body. How we are celebrating our I3 campaign is in February, February 27th, we are we are doing a 5K run as well as having a one a mile walk for you know family and friends and I believe it's going to be pet friendly. And um, it's going to be celebrating all of us 
taking the moment out to say, hey, I'm going to do something proactive and I'm either going to walk a one mile or I'm going to run a 5K. And that was, you know, we just wanted to really push the whole getting healthy aspect. And that is why we're celebrating um, our I3 campaign with the 5K and the one mile walk. And we had great support from our HCC um, faculty and deans. and. We are also incorporating, this is not just AMSA who's doing this, like our chapter. We wanted to get other chapters like SGA, uh, Multicultural Club, Collegiate 100, Phi Theta Kappa involved because being healthy is not just for pre-health professionals, being healthy is for everyone. And we wanted to inspire their groups to, you know, take on these different roles, rethinking their drink, you know, getting fit, um, de-stressing their life. And to see this, you know, infiltrate into their clubs and seeing their, you know, members want to get healthy and do good for themselves is excellent. And we've been having a lot of great feedback and support from those clubs wanting to participate in this as well. We definitely want to abolish that freshman 15 myth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you for having us, Pete. Thank you so much, Pete. It was a pleasure. Thank you. If you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe to AMSA AdLib through iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you've enjoyed the show, please give us a rating in the iTunes store. AMSA AdLib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson and myself with help from Carol Clark. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Deborah Hall is AMSA's national president. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear covered on AMSA AdLib. Email us at adlib at amsa.org. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. AMSA Pre-Med Fest will not look, feel, or sound like any other pre-med conference because it is not a conference. Join us in Plant City, Florida on January 30th and spend time with Patch Adams, our Master of Ceremonies, as he helps you discover the thrill of helping others. Early bird registration closes January 10th. For more information, visit amsapremedfest.org.